Welcome to an enlightened hour of interactive talk. This is Guided Spirit Conversations with host Marla Goldberg. In this program, we spotlight guests from all over the globe who have helped others change their lives and will provide you with the tips, tools, and techniques that you need to help make a difference in your own life. Now, here is Marla Goldberg. Hello, everyone. I hope you're all having a great day. Um, Today, I'm really excited to share with you that Deborah Fru is our guest. And Deb is the founder of the Worldwide Metaphysical Tribe. She's a coach, tarot teacher, and reader. Deb has been reading tarot cards for 32 years. And not only does she read, but she also has been coaching alternative practitioners to bring their business online since 2008. Deb has helped thousands of people with her consultations and she's been with her classes. Deb in 2014 founded the Worldwide Metaphysical Tribe, which is an annual networking event for alternative practitioners. Deb is dedicated to engendering cooperation, not competition amongst metaphysicians, which I love. We need more of that. Welcome, Deb. How are you today? Hi, thanks for inviting me. I'm having a wonderful time. I'm so excited to have you here again. And this time, what I'm really happy about is we're going to be talking about you and your practice. So let's start at the beginning. How old were you when you started reading cards? Six? (laughs) (laughs) You're very kind. No, that was... (laughs) Actually, um, what happened was I was in the midst of a divorce and... I kept getting this prompting to go buy a deck of tarot cards. The problem was, is I had never seen a tarot card. I had never had my cards read. Back in those days, there was no Barnes and Noble. There was no Amazon. You had to hunt from from bookstore to bookstore. And, And finally, I found a bookstore that had two decks. And I said to the woman, I don't know which which deck to buy. And she said, well, you should probably buy this one. It's the the classic deck. And I said, okay. So I brought it home. And for two years, I banged my head against the wall. I could not figure it out. And I was really ready to give up when I went to a party. And there was a tarot reader there. And instead of being off in a separate room, she was actually in the corner of the room with a table and a client and people were allowed to gather around. So I stood behind her because I thought, I got to figure this out. I'm supposed to be doing this. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to keep trying. And as she turned over her cards, I knew what the answer to the questions were. And I thought, what's going on here? And so I spoke with her after she, when she was taking a break It turned out that I just had the wrong deck. I needed a different deck, and her deck, apparently, was my deck, too, uh, based on Greek mythology, which I love. And so I always tell people, you know, if you're interested in reading tarot, what are you interested in? There is definitely a deck for that. So... I have to show you. I'm, so, everybody, I'm on Zoom also. So, Deb can see me. And I just was gifted this unicorn tarot. I and I was so that. excited about that. I haven't seen it either. 
And um, I love unicorns. Who doesn't? They're magical. So I'm very excited. I haven't started playing with them yet, but I'm looking forward to finding the time to do it. (laughs) So you started reading cards, but you had to find the right card, the right deck of cards. So would you suggest for people that if they're interested in tarot cards, find what resonates with them? Or how do they find out what resonates with them? So there's, um, there's a couple of ways to do this. For example, in Chicago and in other places in the country, there's a place called the Theosophical Society, and they have a bookstore. And the cool thing about them is they have, uh, they take one of each deck and they crack it open and put the cards in a folder so you can look at them. So you can really see, oh, I like that. Oh, I would never buy that, you know, and and proceed that way. The other way is to go to eclectic.net, and it's A-E-C-L-E-C-T-I-C.net, and they have thousands of decks, and they show you, I think, six cards from every deck that they review. So you can take a look at them and see, does this look like something that I would want to see every day when I'm reading? That's great. And I know that the people resonate with different things, like myself and the unicorn. Yeah. And I'm Greek mythology. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> exactly. And, and I did pick up another deck called the Lightworker Oracle, which are oracle cards, which are different yeah. than tarot. Correct. And maybe would you explain the difference between tarot and oracle? Sure. So... Tarot cards, actually, nobody knows when they really started or how they became tarot cards, but there used to be, um, in 15th century Italy, there used to be a group of gypsies that created their own cards, and they used to play a game called trumps. And that somehow morphed into the tarot deck that we use now. But in 1901, uh, two guys, Ryder and Waite, found a woman artist, Pamela Coleman-Smith, and they structured the first real tarot deck. So they looked at the images that were available, and then they added, subtracted, glorified or or not, whatever uh, they felt needed to be tweaked in order to make something that was usable and something that had a system. There is a system to the tarot. Oracle cards, not so much. Oracle cards, you can, you can, you know, like you get those calendars, 365 days of affirmations. That's yes. kind of an oracle deck. Um, only it's not always, it's not affirmations, but it's things that you should be brought brought to the front of your consciousness that day. Interesting. There was interesting history about uh, Ryder and Waite and how yeah. they put it together. And one would then assume that they also had some visual downloads as to what should be on the cards and what the meanings are because there's a little book that usually comes with each right. deck of cards. Writer and Waite made up the um, meanings of all the cards. They did have a visual idea of what the symbols should be. They communicated that to Pamela Coleman-Smith and then she created, believe it or not, 78 giant, beautiful canvases. Wow. And, uh, yeah, she, she's the actual artist. And actually, um, in a tarot card, if it's a rider weight, you can see her signature right here in the corner. 
Oh, interesting. Yes. That would be the lower left-hand corner, correct? Yes. And the, well, it's the lower right-hand corner. Lower right-hand. Sorry. (laughs) We're backwards on video. Um, And also the Rider-Waite images, well, Pamela Coleman-Smith's images are now in the public domain. So that's why you'll see them on T-shirts and that sort of thing. Interesting. That's fascinating. And so when you started, I'm going to assume that as the years have gone by, your methods have sort of been shortcutted so things to the way you might have started 32 years ago before working with a client you do differently today could you share what it is well it's interesting Um, I teach an ongoing class for uh, people who already read tarot so it's sort of like just to keep you thinking of new ways to um, use the tarot and to keep you fresh reading it and we all sat around uh, Tuesday night and we were reading for each other and Everyone in the group took each card and put, told us the meaning of the card and then this card and each position means something different. So this position means this and this is the card and these are the symbols. And they, they took a, quite a bit of time to explain 10 cards. For me, I just look at them now and there's a story. And so... I tell you the story. I don't tell you about the cards. I don't tell you what position they're in. I just tell you the story. And then we take it from there. That's so interesting. Now, do you do something to prepare for your day working with clients? Do you get into a meditation? Do you go into a cleansing or anything like that prior? Don't laugh. I play solitaire. It clears my mind. I wouldn't laugh. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. I mean, we all do something, right? And then what about after you're done with your day? Let's say you've had five clients, boom, boom, boom. Oh, I might lay down on the couch for a half an hour. (laughs) Okay, so there's no cleansing ritual, no smudging, no... No, you know, I tell my students that none of that is necessary and that the cards aren't magical. They're cardboard with pictures on them. However, I personally like ritual. And so sometimes I like to do uh, like leave my crystals out at night in the full moon because I have skylights. And so, you know, it just bathes them in. And I just like to do certain ritual things. Um, I'm not very, uh, what can I say? Uh, I certainly don't have a routine about it. It's just whatever grabs me in the moment. So really there's, these are just, it's just cards. It's just, you know, stock card stock with pictures. The part that if you want to talk about um, keeping something pure or keeping something, you know, uh, how can I say this? Just, just to keep the, the lines clear for readings. This is why I learned Reiki. I don't do Reiki for other people. I, I learned it so I could keep my own pipes clean. And so sometimes I do that, you know, Um, if I'm going through a lot of stuff, our family's had a lot of drama this year, um, then I may take a moment for that Um, just because I got the tools that I need to keep the inside clean because it's, it's your mind, body, spirit that's reading the cards. Well, it's like what I, what I learned when I started doing energy work. 
And what was very important in my school was that we clean out our own closets before we could help anybody else clean out theirs. Right. And, and it and not everybody does it, but it's really important to do so that you're clear and you don't allow your own stuff to get mixed up with your clients. Right. Yes, you, want to, you have to keep it separate. I personally, in my personal life, I'm very good at compartmentalizing, so I don't have too much trouble with that. But if you don't, then that's that's a good metaphor to keep in the front of your mind. Yeah, I agree. So when you're doing a reading, what do, you, do, you, do you have a focus? Do you say something in your head like, okay, spirits, give me guidance for this question, for each question? Or how's, how, how is that... Nope. Um, seriously, as, as I'm laying the cards down, because each position has a meaning, this is you, this is what's standing in your way, this is your past, this is your future. Um, and then I know these cards inside out and backwards, the story just builds immediately. And so I can just see the story right there. Now, i I'm not positive. I don't know most of my clients. I do almost all my readings um, on the phone. So I have to say that, you know, if I might say to them, okay, so does that sound like anything that's going on with you right now? You know, and nine times out of 10, they'll go, oh my gosh, I have questions. And then we'll just go right into the questions. <laughs> so. Interesting. Do you read for yourself? No. I am way too good at manipulating the cards to make them say what I want. So instead of that, I use runes because runes are just little pieces of stone with a symbol pressed into them. And when you draw one out of a bag with your question in mind, then it tells you what page it's on. And whether you like it or not, this is the answer. You don't get to argue with it. There's no getting around it. You just have to live with the answer. So that's that's how I like my stuff. I, love, I, I just like the bottom line. Thank you. <laughs> it's like I Ching. Yeah, yeah, when you throw your Very coins, much. I mean, that's it. There's a symbol that matches the way things are laid out, and boom. Deal with it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's so funny. So who are your ideal clients? Oh, gee. Um, I, my ideal client is somebody that I don't know, that I've never met, that I've never read for, and I know nothing about them. Those are my favorite people to read for. And if you can throw skeptic on top of that, then I really have my favorite clients. <laughs> really? You like skeptics? Oh my goodness. I have had such crazy, uh, things happen when I read for skeptics. For example... This one gentleman was just like, oh, pish posh, tarot, whatever. <laughs> and he said, go on, go ahead, read for me. And I was like, okay. So he calls his wife over. Come here, honey, she's going to read my cards. And I said, you know, I just want to tell you, it's not always a good idea to do that. Um, sometimes really personal stuff comes out and he goes, you can't even read these. They're not real. Don't worry about it. I said, okay. So I laid out the cards and I said, so. Did you just get a DUI and you've already been before the judge? And he had, and he hadn't told his wife. Oh my God, point made. <laughs> ready to get a frying pan and run after him. 
I so now I mean unless I get a really really good vibe about a couple for example I'll only read for one person at a time have you ever run into before you made this rule did you ever run into somebody where somebody you know did something that they with another person they shouldn't have done and it came out through the reading oh, and some the partner was I've there confirmed, I've confirmed a lot of affairs yes not knowing that that was why I was there. Right. I know they put me in that position, but I look at the cards and go, so, you know, um, hmm. <laughs> looks like there's something going on here. That's fascinating how you can do that. And so when you're rereading the cards, do you hear a voice in your head guiding you for, through it? Or, no. you know, do you know what your sign is to know that spirits coming through and your how you're reading? Um. I'm going to say this for all of the aspiring psychics out there, the voice in your head sounds like you. So you have to learn how to hear the voice of your intuition. How to discern. And and this is the thing I've been doing it for so long. I slip right into the intuition and that's the voice I hear. Okay. I don't actually literally hear a voice. That's the voice that's telling me the story. Yeah, because I know the messages when I get my messages, how they sound, and they don't sound like anybody else's voice, but I know that it's information that, how would I have known this otherwise? Exactly. Why are you talking about this crazy subject? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Or how do you know that I did that? Like the DUI. (laughs) Oh, my God. So what is your most heart-opening session that you've had you know somebody that you you did you had no idea what you were going to do but the outcome was just like so oh my god that's amazing even to you i read once for this woman and nothing particularly interesting was coming out and uh suddenly she said to me um tell me about callie and I said, okay, I laid out some cards. And I said, uh, boy, she doesn't want to talk either. I said, I'm having a really hard time getting any information here. And then suddenly it came to me. It was like a download, the words, you don't go to the water anymore. And so I said this to the mother. I said, does this mean anything to you? And she burst into tears. Her daughter had died. And they used to go to the beach all the time. And they never went again after she died. Wow. And that shook me that's when I realized I could talk to dead people what's interesting I've got goosebumps all over but we're going to go take a break we'll come back we'll talk more about some of your great stories and in the meantime for you out there listening please feel free to call in I know Deb would love to talk to you the number is 888-346-9141 we'll be right back Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. My effing long journey to loving myself, a guide to a shorter path, is an account of Marla Goldberg's transformational journey and a guide to some of the most powerful TTTs or tips, tools, and techniques that she learned along the way. These TTTs taught her how to release anger and learn how to forgive. 
ultimately finding total self-acceptance and self-love. Learn to release anger, frustration, and stress. Learn to forgive others and yourself. Go from self-loathing to self-love. Pick up your copy of Marla's book by visiting MarlaGoldberg.net. Listen for Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit, hosted by Dr. Dory Lynn. Dr. Dory is coming back, sexy, savvy, and with sage advice from nearly eight decades of life experience. It's not retirement, it's refirement. It's fun, it's deep. Listening just makes you feel good. If you're looking for straight talk without all the bull in the world, be sure to tune in to Dr. Dory and Mindful Matters, Love, Sex, Spirit. Live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Make an appointment listening right now. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call in to the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us while we were on break. Um, I'm talking to today's guest, Deborah Fru, and Deb is a tarot card reader. She teaches tarot. She is also the founder of the Worldwide Metaphysical Tribe, and I love what she wants to do with metaphysicians, and that is to engender cooperation, not competition. I love that because... I just feel that that statement is so embracing to everybody and that there's enough for it. It makes you realize there's enough for everyone. Yes. And that nobody has to be threatened by anybody else's abilities or their business. Absolutely. Um, We've just been brainwashed to think that way. So I agree. I just love that you've come up with that as a tagline. And it's, I think it's just so important because you know people there's everything is about competition competition business beating each other and and getting with one up on somebody else and to know that no there's plenty for everyone and i think everybody there's abundance everywhere and that's the law of attraction it's absolutely true and what i really love about my events is that people can lay down that burden of having to be in competition with people and they can join and uh, come up with new ideas, you know, new ideas to serve the people that we're trying to help. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really magical. So it's, it's my joy to do it. 
the collaboration aspect is amazing. And the fact that people can collaborate and make something even bigger and better than they can ever imagine if they would be open to doing it. Absolutely. This year, I've seen more collaboration than ever. It's amazing. Well, one of my favorite one of my favorite phrases is um, a parachute. Your mind is like a parachute. It doesn't work unless it's open. Right. And I just love that, and because it's so true, and that is in every area. So, you know, if you have somebody who's really close to what you do, now I don't know if this matters if you're a, meta, a tarot card reader, but I know as a healer, you know, if somebody's skeptical, I'm great with it. But if somebody is totally closed. I just, you know, I say, nope, we can't work with you because if you're not going to, you know, you can be skeptical, but still be open to see what will happen. But if you're absolutely closed and nothing is going to move you or change you, why why waste your money and my time? Because exactly. nothing's going to happen. I'm, yeah, I'm the same way. And so tell me, we talked about what your ideal client is. Tell me about your, I hate to say it this way, about the nightmare client. Or the <laughs> well, I feel that the best readings come if everybody's got skin in the game. So that means that when it comes time for you to say something, either answer a question I ask or ask a question of your own, that you are ready to have this dialogue with me. If, and I've had this, people sit like this. You know, for the but entire arms closed session. in front of him. Yes. Yes. And they don't open their mouths. They're like this. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's very difficult to read for people like that. I have no idea if they would have said, oh, yeah, that's true. Then that gives me uh, that sort of opens the door to the next story. But if they don't put skin in the game, it's 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 a rough road. I mean, I'll read for them if it's not a long reading. But, oh, it's hard. It, it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. We've got a caller. We have Erica from Chicago on the line. So, Erica, hello. welcome. Hi. Hello. How are you, hello, ladies? Hello. Good. Thank you. So, what question Hi, do you have Scott. for Deb? Hi, Deb. So, I, you probably don't remember. You read so many people, but you did a reading for me, and it was amazing. And I've also been to the Worldwide Metaphysical Tribe event, and I had a phenomenal time and met so many other great metaphysicians. Um, but my question for you is, do you ever get people who are addicted to getting readings from you? And how do you handle that? Like, because um, I've seen a lot of people, they, they don't, um, they're not able to look inside themselves or trust themselves. And so they keep going to different readers, try, you know, for every, to answer every question in their life. Um, how do you feel about that? And how do you handle that? Well, it's funny. I was just having this conversation the other night with someone who's um, quite the talented reader. And, you know, I said, I used to have this woman who uh, called me every day. And I, she never paid me. She had the money to, but she never paid me. If she had been a hardship case, that would have been a different story. I would have had to put some guardrails up. But I changed my phone number and lost a lot of clients over her. This was back before the internet, back before anything. I was on the telephone, you know, reading for people. Um, I do find that people come 
they kind of get addicted to you and they don't want to think for themselves. They don't want to do any heavy lifting. And the, the fact of the matter is, is when a reading happens, you are, at, at least if, if your reader is any good, they're going to give you, inspire you with homework. You know, this is your problem. These are the ways you can handle it. Uh, do something before you call me back. Now, when I first started, I didn't let people call me um, unless they had, I kept a spreadsheet, unless it had been three months, because I just felt like, you know, people are slow about doing their work, and I wanted to make sure that they had plenty of time to address the, the situation. Um, but at the time, I was also a starving reader, and so I kind of broke that rule, but I did, um, I do make it clear to people if they want to call me every week or every two weeks, I usually tell them, you know, I, I can't, I can't see anything. You know, it's a waste of your money and my time because I can't see anything if you're not doing anything. So when you, you know, reach the next plateau on the mountain you're climbing, give me a call. You know, if you're stuck, give me a call. I'll help you find the toehold. Perfect. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Erica, <laughs> for calling in. Thank, bye-bye. Thank you, Marla. <laughs> bye. Take care. Bye-bye. So now we have Teresa. She has a question for you. Okay. Hello. Hello, Teresa. Hello. Hi. You both thank look you. lovely, by the way. I'm watching you on YouTube. Oh, thank you. So what's your question I was for just Deb? Calling, yeah, I was just calling to see um, when you get these um, readings and stuff like that in, are you, like, is it channeled just for one person or could it be across, like, like if I was to call in, would you see something just for me or could it be for my husband or one of my kids? So this is a really interesting area of discussion among readers. A lot of readers say that you can only read for the person in front of you or the person on the other end of the phone and that you're invading others' privacy if you reach that wall and look at other people in the person's life. I totally do not agree with that. And the reason for it is, is that life is made of relationships. I'm not talking about only love relationships. Father-son, mother-child, uh older parent and, you know, struggling mother and all these things, it's all relationships. And if you can't help that person see where the relationships are playing a part, then how can you do any good? I mean, how can you help them at all? You can answer a couple of simple questions, but the drama of life happens in relationships. So my personal feeling is, yes, if, if you can ask me about anybody in your life that's, you know, if I feel that you're digging for information to use against somebody or, and, you know, my, I've got my feelers out all during the reading. And if I feel that you're, you know, you're going to try to take advantage of me in that way, I won't read. Um, but if it's just the normal thing, like, you know, I don't know what to do. My husband wants a new job. I want to move a different direction, you know, and, you know, help me through this. Sure. Absolutely. 
perfect. That makes so much sense. Great. Thank you so much. You guys have a lovely day. Thanks, Teresa. That was a great answer. And it actually... Go ahead. It's crazy. I don't I don't understand why people have that, why readers have those guardrails. I just don't get it. Well, and you're right. The reality of it is, is that everybody's courted in some respect to another. That's right. Children are courted to parents. Lovers are courted to each other. Sisters and brothers are courted to each other. Nice. And, and so it's pretty hard to not include them in... Um, in a session, I remember one session, somebody told me about somebody I knew who was going to be very ill. And this was a person who actually showed me, introduced me to the event management business. And oh. he ended up getting AIDS and dying of a disease related to it, an AIDS-related disease. The man wasn't, you know, I mean, we weren't besties, but I, I worked for him. And mm-hmm. this came up in a reading, like one of my first readings with this one tarot reader and I was just shocked because I was like wow who could this be because at the time you know you don't know she didn't right. know and, and here you are and then she told me about it. it's like wow and why because recorded so it will come through is what I'm saying right people will come through you know if it's okay I'd like to talk a little bit about some advanced techniques that readers can use because I know some readers are probably listening I would love and- it I don't, I don't like, um, I, I'm worried sometimes that people get bored or burned out doing what they're doing. And um, it's really easy for that to happen. And so it's always good to, you know, learn the challenges and, and learn to overcome the challenges. And so I, wa- I just want to tell a quick story about something that happened to me. I was telling you earlier that when I'm getting ready for a reading, I play solitaire. Yes. Well, one day I realized that I was playing solitaire all through the readings. And I thought to myself, holy cow, I'm burning out. I'm not giving my full attention to this person. I must be burning out. And I started to really worry, like, what am I going to do now? Then I stumbled upon a a YouTube video by a guy named Grant Cameron. And Grant was saying that the best way to access the field of consciousness, which is where we go for our answers, is to distract the left brain. Well, the left brain wants to play a game that it can win. My right brain wants to go into the field of consciousness and look for answers. So what I was actually doing was giving my left brain to play. And my right brain was really drilling in. And the more I thought about what he said in his talk, and the more I looked at how this was actually playing out with my clients, I realized that I was actually giving them really good readings. So it wasn't like I was hemming and hawing, I don't know what to tell you, I'm busy trying to make this suit of queen of, uh, of hearts, you know, uh, I'm, I'm busy trying to finish that. And, and, you know, it wasn't like that at all. I was, I was really on point in the readings, but I couldn't understand what, had, what was going on with me. Once I learned that, I've experimented in a lot of ways to um, 
just to see which things I can do to distract my left brain. And I'm actually uh, putting together a class about this. It's going to start as a face-to-face real-life class in the Chicago suburbs, but after I've done it a couple of times, I'm going to go online with it because it's not that difficult, and it's, uh, it's amazing how much information you have access to when you just close down that side. So it's just something that I've learned, and uh, it's really made reading fun now. It's fun again. That is a great story. And I love the fact because I like, you know, at the end of the day, I shut down by, I have a couple games that I play because it, it clears my head of everything right. that I've been doing. And my days are full. Mine too. Yeah. And I, and I agree with the fact that you can really, I don't, when I'm shutting down, I don't go and access information. I just am trying to clear out everything that I've been doing all day long. Right. Which makes a huge difference. But you know, you really are accessing the field of consciousness for a rest. You know, it's like, give me a calming, soothing, you know, get, let's, let's just pull, pull all of the crazy out of my head now. And there's this nice bed of consciousness that supports me. And I don't have to worry after that. So that's it, it's great, and and I love that. And the next time I'm going to try, I'm going to go play a game when I'm working with my client next time and see. <laughs> I like to have my hands busy. That's my thing. I okay. Like when and there's a trick to this, so you know, don't get too bogged down in the in the left brain thing you're doing. No, you know? I just like the idea. It's like giving someone permission to. Play with the cord while you like. I, I'm constantly playing with my cord. Just you like to knit, you know. I mean, if you're like to do things with your hands, take up knitting or you know whatever. Point. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm down for learning this class. So <laughs> I keep telling Tim about it. It's like do it over the internet. I'll be your, I'll be your sample person. <laughs> she can help. You know, straighten out the kinks then. Um, I'll tell you what, we've got a break coming up, Deb. When we come back, I've got some more questions for you, and I know we're going to do charity shout out. So we're going to go and we'll be right back. Hang tight, everyone. We'll be back with Deb. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. My effing long journey to loving myself, a guide to a shorter path, is an account of Marla Goldberg's transformational journey and a guide to some of the most powerful TTTs or tips, tools, and techniques that she learned along the way. These TTTs taught her how to release anger and learn how to forgive, ultimately finding total self-acceptance and self-love. Learn to release anger, frustration, and stress. Learn to forgive others and yourself. Go from self-loathing to self-love. Pick up your copy of Marla's book by visiting marlagoldberg.net. Life-changing events can have positive and or negative repercussions. When they happen, they can feel elating or devastating to those affected. 
It can also get in the way of your personal and professional life. On Life-Altering Events with host Frank Zakari, we examine the scope of these events and discuss how to move forward in the wake of the opportunities presented. It's never too late to get started or pick up the pieces and move forward. Listen Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you find yourself thinking that you're not good enough or that you're not lovable? Do you sometimes feel that there is something wrong with you and that you're hiding something? These are more common thoughts than you would think. It's time to talk about this. Tune in to Where Words Can't Reach, shedding light on our dark side with Dr. Madeline DeLittle, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. To reach Marla Goldberg or her guest today, you're invited to call in to the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, the address is guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, everyone. Thanks again for hanging in through the break. We're so grateful that you are. Today, our guest is Deborah Fru, and Deb is a tarot card reader. She teaches tarot. She is a coach, and she has founded the Worldwide Metaphysical Tribe. If you want to get in touch with Deb, her phone number is 847-380-2098, or her email is deb at internalwilderness.com, I-N-T-E-R-N-A-L-W-I-L-D-E-R-N-E-S-S.com, or you can check her out her, her, um, her website, I'm sorry, at www, www, say that three times, dot internal wilderness.com welcome back deb i know i told you we're going to start with charity shout out and yes. yours today is the gathering lighthouse so would you please share with everyone what the gathering lighthouse is what kind of support they need and why you're so passionate about them the gathering lighthouse is an incredible center uh, for metaphysical and personal empowerment And it is a wonderful place. It's the most uh, lovely vibe just to be there. But they have speakers, they have workshops, they have uh, things that you can participate in, such as, you know, uh, Ride for Cancer and that sort of thing. They are located in Lombard, Illinois, and they are a 501c3 charity. And you can go there and uh, they have counseling, they have readers, they have, and this is all private time, and then you can also go in and have uh, workshops and, you know, something fun at the beginning of the year, like doing a vision board or um, something really deep, like uh, there's a, a group of people who study the pyramids who come every month, and they are amazing. They know so much. And you know, it's just, it's great. You can learn astrology and, and it's just a wonderful place um, just for 
learning all the things that you wanted to learn, getting to know people who do these kinds of things, um, increasing your own uh, your own footprint just by take, teaching a class there or taking classes there. Oh my gosh, what they need the most is they need you. They need you to come by and uh, support their classes. You can find them on meetup.com or you can find them at thegatheringlighthouse.org. And I can't recommend them enough. Great, thank you. I know I've met June and wonderful, wonderful people. And I love the classes there. Absolutely. I, so uh, yeah, if you wanna if you wanna learn, you want community, please go to the Gathering Lighthouse and support it through your attendance, by your in- involvement. And Deb is highly involved, that I know. Yes. With the Gathering Lighthouse. So let's you have a tip for living a happy life. What is that tip? For living a happy life. Hmm. I don't remember what it might be right now. <laughs> Could it be about turning off the left brain? Oh, well, turning off the left brain is the key to... Uh, the thing about the left brain is this. The left brain will judge you. It'll judge everybody in your life. It'll limit you. It'll tell you you can't do this. And so the more you can give the left brain something to do so that you can just relax in the right brain. You don't have to be uh, reading for anybody. You can just be there and be calm. There was a neurosurgeon once who had a brain aneurysm and it shut off the left side of her brain. And this is the number two TED talk on earth. And you should really look her up. And what happens is she said that that left brain stopped talking and she was as happy as could be. And after three months, she could hear the judgment coming back. Slowly but surely, as they cured her, she was becoming skeptical. And uh, and not that skepticism is a bad thing, but, you know, judgmental and um, fearful. And it was really sad. And she she said she was glad she experienced it. Because it showed her, it gave her a practical definition of what a happy life is. And so I have to go with that. And do you find when you meditate, your your left brain can shut out? Or does it still activate, you know, with saying, you're not doing this right. You're not doing this right. Oh, right? absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and so, do you, other than we were talking about playing solitaire games to clear the mind, do you have any other suggestions for turning off the left brain? Well, it's pretty much it's pretty much if you can find something to do that you can do for a consistent amount of time. So, if you're knitting, you can knit, 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 and talk on the phone, right? You can, or watch your videos, or whatever you do, or you can. Um, you know, if you have to get up and make cookies, then I'm sorry, but it's not quite the same. It is a different meditation, but it's not quite the same because you have to be a little more focused. It has to be something where you, you're you safe to unfocus from your responsibilities. And so once you find that way that works for you, you're good to, good to go. And then you can figure out other ways that work. 
I worked for a gentleman, the one I was telling you about, and I would put together his sweet tables. And this man would have like 40-foot sweet tables at weddings and bar mitzvahs, you know, special events. And he'd have all these little individual bite-sized pastries. Do you know how many bite-sized pastries that is? And I would put them on a tray one by one. But the point being is that I was so focused on what I was doing, I heard nothing. And it just allowed me to stay refreshed and joyful and enjoy. I found the word I use is cathartic. I found it cathartic to do that because I wasn't, I didn't have to focus on anything but what I was doing and how I wanted to make it pretty. You know, a million years ago, I was a letter carrier and sorting the mail was just perfect for me because my, my mind, my right brain could go crazy and my left brain was busy. There you go. Same thing. It's wonderful. So there is a message of healing. There's a story about bunker mentality. Yeah, I, I find this, the more I talk, about, talk to other readers about it, I find that this is a common thread. Um, usually when people come for a reading, unless they're already dialed into coming on a regular basis, uh, they usually only come when everything's falling apart and life is really down to one or two choices. And, you know, you really are uh, limited in what you can do and you don't know, should you turn left, should you turn right? And I always tell people, you know, let's, let's rewind a little bit in this horrible moment and let's go back to the beginning. In the beginning, what happened was something bad happened and you went into bunker mentality. You have to. It's survival. Somebody perhaps died in your family or uh, maybe there was, a, you know, your car is, is crashed and you don't have any money to buy a new one. You know, and so you get into these places where, yes, I have to think logically all the time right now until I get myself out of this. Great. That's what you're supposed to do. The problem is, is we forget to stop doing that. And it becomes a habit. And so here we are now, everything in the world, we're sorting into this bunker mentality, this everything's a, a emergency. And... Finally, in the end, it becomes who we are. It's not just a bad habit because you can break a bad habit, but when it becomes who you are and that's how you see the world, it's a little bit more work to unravel that. So I, I like to just put the message out there to people who are experiencing problems to try and roll it back to the beginning and see where you got stuck answering the same question or answering whatever question with the same answer all the time. It's an emergency. It's an emergency. And so this way um, you can catch yourself doing it. And it really does help open up the space and really does help bring in solutions. If you need help with, you know, with seeing them, there's plenty of readers in the world. Um, And they're mostly for the most part, extremely helpful. Um, but I would say that that's a that's a trick you can do for yourself uh, just to help you not fall into that trap again. That's great. And I'm I know it's going to be so helpful for everybody. 
Because it, it does, it becomes a habit and it does right. start to imprint on you yes. and change who you really were, really are or were prior to this happening. That's absolutely true. And it brings you back down. Deb, thank you so much for being on the show. I just love having you here. And I just love you as a person. You're amazing. Again, so for you out there, if you want to get a hold of Deb for questions, for reading, or to find out more about her class that she's going to be having in the near future, her phone number is 847-380-2098. Or her email is deb at internalwilderness.com. Deb at internalwilderness.com. And check out Deb's website at www.internalwilderness.com. You can also find Deb at deb.fru on Facebook or internal.wilderness on Facebook. Or check out the Worldwide Metaphysical Tribe if you're an alternative practitioner. So thanks again, Deb. I want to thank everyone at Voice America for their support and helping me put on the show. Teresa, Scott Reed, thank you. My right hand, my left hand, grateful for you every day. Um, I want to thank you, the listener, for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast, to support myself, my guests, and hopefully have some wonderful takeaways that, that come with these shows. That's my goal and objective for you all. I also want to remind you, my book, My Effing Long Journey to Loving Myself, A Guide to a Shorter Path, can be found on Amazon or Ingram Spark or on my website. And if you purchase it on my website, I will sign the book for you. I will inscribe it. Um, I'm trying to think what else there is as I'm doing my countdown. Um, I just want you all to know out there how grateful I am for you. And till next week, I send you love. I send you blessings. And I send you gratitude. Take care.